I was reminded by Reverend James Luther Adams, one of our 20th century theologians, that a living tradition is not bequeathed through some law of inheritance. It must be earned, not without dust and heat, and not without humbling grace. In this moment, our association is trying to do its best effort to offer humbling grace and put itself forth into the flow of time and tradition and discovery and see what will come forth for how it will articulate values and priorities and principles and so on into this next quarter of the 20th, 21st century. And I love the story about love. It is one of those things that as people were studying, let me find the little equipment here, as people were studying and finding that this somehow is the love church again and again and again. Uh, if you heard me uh, last month, I talked about the question of being the love church as well. And it's something that we keep coming back to. So I want to offer uh, just a little bit of a note about the meaning of what we're doing in this moment. Um, because I think one of our great concerns is this question of, uh, this question of if what are our values? What shall we, how shall we go forth and say what is most important to us? And how will that be weighty enough, significant enough, deep enough to be a place where we can respond to the problems and the questions of our time, as well as our own individual questions and concerns? How shall we declare and what, how shall we equip ourselves and this faith community and our children going forward? And I want to offer that we can talk about beginning and talking about love. And even when I say it now, there's still something about it that feels a little squishy. That still feels like chocolate and Valentine's and fluffy pink hearts. You know, like love like a Muppet, right? Like, Fluffy pink. Or, uh, you know, it could be more about a feeling. Um, certainly in the 60s and 70s and so on, was, you know, love is all you need, right? The Beatles, love is all you need, right? Well, I am so glad to say that the religions of the world can help us a little bit here, both having both feeling and practice about how much love is essential at the heart of most faith traditions. In Buddhism, that shows up as compassion. In Hinduism, as devotion. In Jewish and Christian teachings, loving of the neighbor, love thy neighbor, is primary, core. But I want to show just a little bit about what we had for the images. How does love show up in Unitarian Universalism? I think we can get this to go. There we go. This was the congregation's result uh, last fall when we said, what, do we, what, is the, what should the church teach? Uh, what are the primary lessons that the, this congregation should teach our children and our youth? And lo and behold, I think we have the answer in the middle, along with many other answers as well. Love and community and acceptance and tolerance and kindness and compassion. Lots of ways to talk about love as well. And now there's, there we go. So somebody, um, one of my colleagues took the lyrics from our gray hymnal singing the living tradition and 
uh, did a word cloud of the lyrics from the hymnal. And lo and behold, there's love again. One and come and life and peace and sing and God and life and earth and heart. And somebody also took the... Um, the teal hymnal, singing the journey, and did the same treatment of the word cloud. And lo and behold, heart and love and oh and la, you know, and so we are. Now what the Article 2 Commission did, gathering in all of those sources, uh, this is the word cloud that shows up from all the Article 2 Commission work and love and compassion and freedom and respect and justice and dignity and so many more, and integrity and on and on. Now what they have come up with is uh, a list of values, but it's not just a list. An artist created a flower, and this is the one I want to share with us right now. And you have printouts, you have copies of the language um, that's proposed, the full text of the language. But I wanted just to kind of pause on this image. And because this is kind of the core way it's being talked about. So love at the center. And these six values as a way of expressing uh, what is most important. Um, so it's not going to be the principles, the seven principles or the eight principles. It will be these values is both the proposed language. And uh, as you look at them in, uh, in the language, they're kind of, they're meant to kind of be opposite each other, complementing each other. So interdependence at the top, pluralism at the bottom, those have a relationship. Justice on one side, transformation on another side, those have a relationship as well. And then equity, that's where that inherent worth and dignity of every person, that's where that shows up uh, in particular. But equity and generosity, those are, have a certain relationship as well. And each of these values has a statement about them and also a commitment to what are we going to do about it. Um, and that's one of the particular pieces that's uh, a new element to our revised proposal for language, is a an articulation of what is this and then what are we going to do to make it, to bring it more into the world. Okay. And I think we can... There we go. But I wanted to spend just a moment on this understanding of love um, and that it has a real depth and practicality to it, that it's not just fluffy pink squishiness. And we look to uh, African-American author uh, Bell Hooks for this. Um, I spoke about Bell Hooks uh, for the MLK Sunday in January 2021. If you want to go and see that service in our archives, the choice to love or choose to love. But Bell Hooks talks about um, a definition of love that is very much an active choice in it. Uh, she draws on the work from psychologist Eric Fromm and M. Scott Peck, uh, Eric Fromm's definition is that love is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing another's or one's own spiritual path. And she says, love is as love does. Love is an act of will, both an intention and an action. That it is choice. We do not have to love, we choose to love. 
And it also includes what we know about love, affection and care and recognition and trust, all those being ingredients of love along with respect and open communication. And this is counter to the instinctual notion of love. It's not falling in love. As M. Scott Peck talks about, you can, the boundaries can loosen and you fall in love, but then there's a point at which the boundaries kind of show up again, then what do you do? This is choosing to love and being thoughtful about it. Um, this is holding us accountable and responsible for our choices as well. And recognizing that the authority to do so is our own. Bell Hooks' concerns that it's when we learn faulty definitions of love when we are younger kind of sets us up for challenge all along the way. And also, Bell Hooks recognizes how much that we so long for a real, deep, practical, um, fully embodied experience of love. And yet we've seen how love fails again and again and again, um, and how we treat each other and how we are in con conflict with each other, how we treat the earth, and so on. And yet there's still that longing for that, that depth of love. And I'm recognizing part of our task is to figure out how to be more comfortable with love as well, simply connecting with each other, with speaking of our care for one another, that choice of action, of expression, as it will. Um, I think there's sometimes when uh, it's easier when there's a matter of life or death in front of us, and you get, that can be a good reminder of, oh my gosh, this is what's really important to me. Um, I'm reminded of way back with um, the terrible and deadly events of 9-11, um, I have a very good relationship with my brothers, but it took a, a moment like that, that terrible kind of moment for us to say to each other, I love you at the end of our conversations. I love you. And then over time, we fell out of that practice. Isn't that silly? We just fell out of that practice of telling each other that we love each other, even though we do. And it came back again, I was reminded during the pandemic. I love you we would end our conversations in Zoom or phone, the only ways we could gather. Even though I know that with age, we regard each other as more precious beings. So when, when do you tell the people in your, in your life how much you love them and how much they mean to you? Every day, it is difficult to practice love. There's the everyday uh, challenges to it. When we don't like each other, when humans are inconsiderate to each other, when we just kind of human all over each other, and ugh, I've had enough. When someone blows through a traffic light or cuts through the checkout line, uh, so many ways. Or when it's, we're encountered with political treatment of one another, where their people are blocking legislative processes uh, to make, you know, to get in the way of good things happening or manipulate laws for self-interest. We see how difficult it is to choose to practice to love when we see people doing terrible things economically and choosing to make money or, or humane treatment of our fellow beings. Or when people contrive to take away trans rights, when someone burns Planned Parenthood and more. 
Love is important, Bell Hooks reminds us. We are bombarded by its failure again and again. And the bleak picture, she says, in no way alters the nature of our longing. No wonder, I think, no wonder our hearts are broken all the time, constantly, relentlessly, and yet we choose to love. And yet we keep choosing to love. Cornel West reminds us that it's not just about love itself, but also it's about justice. He says, justice is what love looks like in public. When we have committed and embodied and brought that forth, we show up one for another, even in despair. We extend ourselves, even when we are terrible to each other, because we know how much we need for love to prevail. So with the proposed bylaws revisions, we are participating in an act of creating love. Whether you use the word or not, this is an act as we're doing together. We are participating in this crafting. We go forward in exploring this proposed language around values uh, as well as inclusion. And I hope, I don't know how the votes are going to turn out. We have a vote this year and a vote next year. I don't know how those are going to turn out, but I think the conversation, the process, the reconnection, the bringing love forward is worth all of this effort. I look forward to keep talking with everybody uh, as, as a congregation. I hope you'll continue to talk amongst themselves. I hope some folks will love to be delegates and be part of this process and have an impact in our larger association. And I look forward to talking with folks today after the service. If this process by itself results in a deeper understanding of love and its practice, that by itself will be remarkable. And I think these values, this effort, will bring us back into the great questions of our time and how we can have enough sustenance and depth to keep us moving forward. As Adams reminds us, a living tradition is not bequeathed through some law of inheritance, it must be earned, not without dust and heat, and not without humbling grace. So may we go forward and submit ourselves to this choice to love. Amen.